Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You may not always like his opinion, but you can bet he'll have one. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I think there's going to be a lot of reflections on that. But as I've said many times, if, if you want to prevent women from being forced to wear a veil, uh, maybe you don't want to be a society that you know, forces a women, women to not wear a veil. Prime Minister Trudeau on the Bill 62 from Quebec, the bill which would not allow a woman to wear a face covering, either niqab or full face covering, when uh, receiving public service or when delivering public service. And that piece of legislation has passed in Quebec, and it is law now. No doubt it's going to be challenged in court. But as I wrote on my post, Roy Green Show page, and you can read my posting on any of the Chorus Radio Station's websites that carry this program, just go to the Roy Green Show page, the European Court of Human Rights, which is responsible for 47 nations, the European Court of Human Rights has twice now ruled on similar legislation, first by France and then by Belgium. And on each occasion, the European Court of Human Rights has ruled that the no-face-covering law is absolutely appropriate. There's no problem with the law, says the European Court of Human Rights, that it actually accomplishes what it's supposed to accomplish, and that is bringing people closer together. With me is Julius Gray, Montreal lawyer, uh, distinguished Montreal lawyer on human and uh, civil rights. Julius, good to speak with you. Yes, hi. So this uh, Bill 62, how much trouble did it have passing the legislature, or was it a fairly easy ride? Well, it had trouble mostly from the more extreme side that wanted even things like turbans and uh, kirpans and kippas covered. Uh, So uh, there was nobody in the National Assembly who voted against this law for reasons that it violates freedom. I think it's a very sad statement that the political parties, uh, and I don't think from any deep commitment, but they were pandering to a certain group that might be willing to vote on something like that. So a political decision, but how well is it being received by the people of Quebec, or how not enthusiastically is it being received? I have been very Okay, we're going to have to call Mr. Gray back. Uh, this is obviously not working very well. So, uh, Will, if you just call Julius back, ASAP, we'll, uh, we'll get him back on the, on the air. So the piece of legislation has passed in Quebec. Bill 62 has passed. But from what I understand, there's nothing specific which is uh, going to provide instruction, to example, a bus driver on what he or she is supposed to do if someone gets on the bus or tries to get on the bus, because that's a public service. Uh, they don't know, they haven't been instructed as to what they're supposed to do, whether they're supposed to try to remove the passenger or not. We don't know that. We don't know what the situation would be with 
the uh, with the metro either, with other public transportation. We're trying to get back to Julius Gray, Montreal lawyer. And can you tell me how where we stand, please, somebody? Well, try the first number that I gave you, and maybe he'll answer that. Uh, let me just read you what uh, the post that I wrote, which appears on uh, my Roy Green Show page on um, Global uh, Television Network and on our chorus radio stations, which carry this program. I wrote, Quebec's Bill 62 appears in compliance with not one, but two rulings by the European Court of Human Rights. Bill 62 mandates that to receive or provide public service in Quebec, a person may not engage in such activity while wearing a face covering. The Quebec legislation has been roundly denounced as anti-Muslim or perhaps more appropriately in 2017 as Islamophobic. No doubt Bill 62, if face covering in order to receive or provide a public service remains fundamental to the law, will be debated in Canadian courts with judges asked to strike it down. I'll read the rest of that post to you. A little bit later, but we have Julius Gray back on the show. Yes. I don't know what happened, Julius, but uh, welcome back. Yeah, I don't know what happened either. How well has that particular piece of legislation, Bill 62, been received by the people of well, Quebec? Well, the majority of people I've spoken to are very much against it, and they realize both the absurdity and unfairness of it, that it selects a small and weak group, people who are not well-positioned, that it takes those women who are already perhaps from conservative areas and societies where they're not sure of themselves, and it limits their possibility to use public transfer, in other words, a transfer limits their autonomy, limits their security with respect to medical care for themselves and their children. It, 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 it's, uh, uh, I think most people, anybody who's not some sort of dogmatic anti-hijab uh, uh, or, or burqa person realizes that this particular law is absurd and, and unjust. But there are some people who support it. I have spoken to a few people who supported it on principle, uh, I think largely because of a dislike of Islam. What about polling in uh, in Quebec? What has that shown? Uh, I am not sure. I think there have been different types of polls, and different political parties have had it uh, have, have had their own polls. I think what you would find is that there is a persistent I don't know ten twenty percent which is so much against this that they might give their vote on the basis of a law like that, and that is what the Premier is hoping for, that he's going to gain 10 or 15 percent of the vote by uh, uh, acting tough on Islam. Where's this now go? Uh, clearly, it will, it, it will go to court, but do you see it having the impetus to go all the way to the Supreme Court well, of Canada? Obviously, the people who are involved will not stop short of that, uh, and uh, I, I had hoped that the government, federal government would challenge it. And that would, that would be a quick, easy, and inexpensive way, really, of getting the thing determined. But if they don't, then some people will within a month or so. And I think it will go all the way to the Supreme Court. And would that possibly create a situation where the next premier of Quebec, because it will be after the following election, I would think, that we'd hear from the Supreme Court, uh, would that create a situation where the premier of Quebec, whoever that may be, whether it's Quillard or not, would be looking again, as Robert Barassa did, for different reasons of the notwithstanding clause? Well, it could mean that. But I, you notice these types of things never go away. Uh, like the language laws, every election in Quebec, uh, somebody uh, is campaigning on making the language law tougher, even though it's working perfectly fine and it's uh, succeeding in its purpose of protecting the French language and making life uh, reasonable for minorities. Um, and the same thing here. It, it always keeps coming back. I think people are mistaken when they think 
that you can nip this sort of thing in the bud by p- passing something which is absurd, unpleasant, but hey, they'll, they'll take it and that'll be it. It won't be it. What you need is somebody who'll be principled, who'll get up and say, we are not going to uh, disenfranchise a small, uh, weak, uh, harmless minority. What do you say to the European Court of Human Rights, which has twice now ruled on face-covering legislation, once for France, the second time for, for Belgium, and on each occasion the European Court of Human Rights has stood with the legislation, and that court speaks for 47 nations. In this case, or these cases, spoke for two nations, but can speak for up to 47 countries. What do you make of those rulings? Well, I, I, I want to stress that we don't come from the same judicial tradition. We are more of a common law sort of thing, at least in public law. But in addition, there's a different situation in Europe. There's different percentages of um, Muslims and, and so on. There was a greater exposure to terrorism. And in the end, I think the European Court of Justice was wrong. It was wrong because you don't need to prohibit this. If you want to integrate people, what you do is create social opportunities for them to integrate. For instance, the Quebec government, if it had any guts and it really wants to integrate people, you know, they're against multiculturalism. So am I. I I would like uh, an intercultural, uh, slow integration of people. Then you have to stop subsidizing ethnic schools, which they do all the time. You bring up kids without anybody else in their class and their own ethnic group, and uh, that, that is what prevents people from becoming fully integrated or, 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 or prevents a new sort of uh, Canadian or Quebec culture from forming. Uh, the, uh, France, of course, has always had this idea, and I sympathize with it, but I don't think it's necessary to, dev- uh, to, to refuse accommodation to individuals. What you have to do is create a situation where all citizens study, work, go to hospitals, uh, live together, and over a generation or two, you will achieve an integration which is far below the sort of enforced integration mm. by pulling off somebody's veil. But wouldn't you expect a court of human rights to be thinking in those terms and respond in such terms? Unfortunately, courts of human rights have not been very good. Look at Canadian human rights commissions. They're the, some of the biggest opponents of civil liberties and, 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 and social justice. All they look at is identity politics and how many of each group are found in a, any given committee and so on. Canadian uh, uh, freedom of expression has had a much worse deal from the Human Rights Commission than it has from the Superior Courts. Well, there was also an investigator with the Human Rights Commission in this country, or Human Rights Tribunal, who said, he didn't say freedom of expression, he said freedom of speech, but it meant the same thing. He said, oh no, freedom of speech is an American concept, it's not Canadian at all. Well, you see that all the time, you see that at the universities right now, where anything controversial uh, risks being dangerous for the person who wants to say it. If you want to doubt one of our, 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 our the precepts of our political correctness, uh, you're taking your career and, and taking a chance on it. Uh, and uh, so uh, but that, w- what I mean is that I think uh, human rights are better off uh, being defended through the ordinary courts of the law than through commissions uh, which are given a mandate to uh, assist lobbies in getting their programs through. One more question for you. Can you see a... A Canadian Supreme Court ruling with the legislation? I would be very surprised. I think there is so much, uh, you know, the Amsalem, the Multani case, uh, the uh, prayers in, in, in the Saguenay, uh, there have been, there is such a strong tradition in jurisprudence that it would take an almost, uh, it would take a radical departure from everything our courts have stood for to uphold this. 
which again would bring it into the court of the Premier of Quebec, who would decide either yes, we'll accept the decision by the Supreme Court, or no, we'll pull the notwithstanding clause. And if he does that, then we will do what we did with the other notwithstanding clause. We'll go to the United Nations Human Rights Committee, and when the United Nations ruled that Bill 178 was invalid, Quebec finally complied. So I think using the notwithstanding clause is not something from which there is no remedy. Yeah, and yet uh, Anglophone Canadians in Quebec daily have their civil rights taken away from them. Well, by you, know, you know you and I have a slightly different view. Well, I, I, know, I but live I, in Quebec and I, I like I it I just lived much. there for 10 years. I experienced it. Yeah, but I like it very much in Quebec, but I do think that uh, we have to be vigilant about the maintaining human rights everywhere in Canada. I said the civil rights. Julius, it's always good talking to you. Thank you so much for the okay, time. Bye-bye. All the best. Julius Gray, one of the most prominent lawyers in Montreal and in Quebec, clearly is not supportive of Bill 62, which is law now, and mandates that a woman may not wear face covering when receiving public service or if providing public service. So if you're working for the government, then you cannot be wearing a, a niqab or a, or a full face covering or you're not working for the government. My number is 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. In Europe, the Court of Human Rights has twice, as I've been telling you, uh, ruled that face-covering legislation is absolutely appropriate and supported both France and Belgium and their face-covering laws, which are very similar to the one in Quebec. 1-800-263-2428 is the number. Is Bill 62, is it sensible or is it anti-Muslim and racist? Bill 62, which mandates a woman may not wear a face covering when receiving public service, is it sensible or is it racist? 1-800-263-2428.